Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, I'm Ed. Hey, I'm John. And you know, this week we're kind of hopping out of the um, the rabbit hole that is uh, knowledge gaps. You know, I think we you know, beat that dead horse, you know, pretty good. And, you know, if you didn't hear it, you know, we got Ed back with us this week, you know. So, you know, he's no longer doing his own thing. So, you know, you know, welcome him back to the the grind. Um, and, you know, this week we're going to talk about, um, you know, incorporating Industry 4.0 into 3D printers. You know, we, we've had a, we did a snack episode at the beginning of this, this podcast run of, you know, Industry 4.0. And we will do a full episode on Industry 4.0 only at a later date so that is coming we will do a video on it as well um because we find it interesting and i do want to throw this back out there again just like i said last week you know thank you everybody who's who's listening to us you know we're going to reiterate that at the start of the, of the podcast because y'all are really getting in on it so you know when we start thinking industry 4.0 you know i don't know about y'all but i'm thinking you know mqtt you know the octo print stuff and pushing it to like a cabana log and going from there. What are y'all thinking? Yeah, from, from my point of view, that's that's exactly what I'm thinking, Nick. Uh, also, we, we're talking about like unified namespaces where mm-hmm. we take different systems and they populate data or pool data from this uh, unified namespace. And what that does, that, that reduces the cost. And what it does for you is that gives you the ability to understand uh, what's happening with your uh, equipment, uh, you know, like predictability, you know, how how productive am I, uh, when should I do uh, maintenance, and those type of things. So all those things can be used in Industry 4.0. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's exactly the Octoprint MQTT interface. Like, that's exactly where I would go with. Um, thinking about industry 4, 4.0 with with 3D printing, but if if it's one instance of Octoprint, I'd say that's pretty that's small scale. And then yeah. we're trying to push to industry like a bigger like let's say print farm. There's OctoFarm, which is several instances yep. of OctoPi you can tie together. Um, now depending on what you run it on, because realistically you can you uh, personally I have it running on my OctoPi or uh, sorry. And a Raspberry Pi, it's a 3B plus, and it's it's existing on its own. But uh, you could do a stack of uh, of Raspberry Pis running several printers. Mm-hmm. You could do well, depending on how much RAM you got on one. If you get one of the newer ones, you can run multiple on one. Yeah, uh, Kubernetes create, clusters. You create some. Uh, you can even create some partitions and things like that if you if yeah. you really want to. But honestly, you don't need to. Uh, but that that to me would be 
we're talking getting into the industrialization, we're bringing in more and more and more data. So being more robust, I think, would be the direction I would go in because on in my experience, I'm on a small scale and I don't necessarily have storage space issues, but mm-hmm. my Raspberry Pi crashes quite yeah. a bit. And, and I'm not even pushing cool. it too hard. Um, and so, so that's that's where I would go as far as that. Maybe even thinking if, if I get a small form factor like a mini PC, um, and create a winter yeah. Linux environment there that runs Octopi and, or, and right. And if you think about it, you know you can use um, you know the industry 4.0 principles, you know inside the home. You know it's pretty much what that does. It bumps you back to IoT, with it, which is still inside of the industry 4.0. Uh, namespace, which, you know, you talk about IIoT, um, yeah. you know, and at that point, if you think about it, if you're printing something on a 3D printer for profit, you're an industry. Yeah. You're inside industry at that point. You know, you've, you've you know, crossed over from being a hobbyist to, to an industry professional. Um, That's fair. You know, so, you know, you can easily play with that, you know, and it's as easy as setting up a Raspberry Pi stack, a cluster, yeah. um, and doing Kubernetes deployments. Mm-hmm. Where you have it set up, where it's um, a Octo Print, Octo Farm, or something like that, hooked up your because most people have two or three printers in their house, anyways. Yeah, you know, it's just how it goes. Once you buy one, it's like Pringles. Um, well, they do different things too, right? But it's like you know, it's it's like Pringles. You know, yeah, once you pop, you just can't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. just how it goes. So you have all of them hooked up together, hooked up to the, uh, you know, going through Octo Print, Octo Farm, where they port to an MQTT server. It talks over that. It's got your unified namespace there that immediately sends that via Kafka instance or just a direct drive log stash instance right to Kibana, you know, which is Elasticsearch. Um, yeah, and you can so, connect to your cloud now. And the thing is, is exactly, you can, you know, if you have your own cloud, you can set up a, you know, a, a, a Kafka instance or an MQTT instance mm-hmm. and a, um, uh, you know, um, Kibana instance. However... All of that is free, so it doesn't cost you very much to play with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's once you start commercializing it is when you start having issues. So I, I'm going to be David, devil's advocate as always. Congratulations. Debbie Downer. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, 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 and maybe, but maybe not. Here's the thing. What is, what is essentially the essence of a 3D printer? It's the inputs and the outputs. Right, right exactly. Yeah. So Raspberry also makes a Pico. Yeah. Now the Pico has the capability to be wireless. Yeah. With that, now I do not have to actually leverage mm-hmm. maybe a Raspberry Pi directly as a stack. I can ra- I can use it as a, a, jump box. a tunnel. And from there, there's a lot of web-based application mm-hmm. or we can make a some type of SaaS yeah. in, the, in the cloud and you make it cloud-based or AWS even so. Yeah, and yeah. we use AWS to do some of those things, mm-hmm. and then if you if it's if it's if your company's profitable enough, and you make a company doing three D printing, then that's a that's an avenue you can use with AWS because now I can take one instance of a mm-hmm. Raspberry Pi, and then take a a Pico W, and mm-hmm. I can interface with those wirelessly with MQTT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like you said, we use the stack to do the rest of the stuff in the unified namespace. Which is even nicer with the Pico Ws is the fact that you know I can take a Pico W and I could take a Raspberry Pi, or a server for that matter, and I can run on side that uh, on that 
Raspberry Pi a onboard router. Um, so it creates its own internal Wi-Fi intranet between the 3D printer and the Raspberry Pi. So now you set up your own intranet where it's a secured offline intranet that they're communicating back and forth in a over-the-air, you know, per se, network. So now if I drop an STL on OctoPrint on one thing, it's going to wirelessly send it to the printer right. without actually having to even touch it at that point. Um, so, you know, and then you can take that and bounce that to wherever it's going. But everything's going to be communicating over that, that pipe. It's, it's a 2.4 gigahertz, you know, or 5 gigahertz band, depending on what you have on board. You know, but the thing is, is you're talking only micromillimeters of data. You're not talking heavy, heavy, heavy data. And if you do it, you know, with that route, the, you know, the, the internal router network, you've got some power behind you. So, you know, you're playing with some things. Each one's got its own router. They all talk back to each other. And then they all have their own, their own namespace going back to the, um, like the Mosquito MQ yeah. um, or something like that. And then going back into a Kafka instance or back into, you know, however, whatever instance you want, you know, and that ties to like, you know, a messaging of some sort, right. you know, back to the individual. Oh, cool. Look, my print's done. Or I have, I've ran, you know, if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, I can count how many prints I did. So I know on that one, on that one hot end or that one nozzle, I did 25 or 26 correct. prints before that nozzle needed to be replaced. And then we can we can leverage stuff like TinyML and Tensor. Yeah. And now you can start using machine language and some AI along with all these things. Yeah. And now not only not only does it become powerful to know, hey, how long did it take to do that? Yeah. What went wrong in the print? Right. See that that's the point. And the thing is, is yeah. with that, it's already it's already wrapped into um, uh, uh, Kibana as well. It's already there. Yeah. You get your, you, you get your, no, you're fine. You get your error logging with Kibana. That's yeah. the, I was I was gonna. You mentioned those things anyways, because the whole point, like the whole point of that is for you to leverage that data to understand where your pitfalls are. Um, where, where am I, what is my bottleneck in my process? Um, am I, because uh, at, at this point we're not necessarily worried about um, quality, but it's, it's going to get to that point when you have enough data. Like you're going to be able to uh, fine tune um, those little little issues that you're having and honestly you could probably diagnose the problem with your prints with that data so yeah. if the printer is like saying hey it's it's taking extra it's taking extra time to finish this print you've done this historically 20 30 40 50 times and this one is now an hour over or 30 minutes over its time what like you should check it out or critical failure we've stopped before the print's time done or mm -hmm. I've got a report back or a sensor failed and, and I have to pause the print. But then also remembering that this is how long it takes. So if this is where I stopped at my print, you got your critical failure recovery and you can restart where you left off. Yep. Um, so like that, that saves filament, that uh, logs and creates efficiency and drives towards, you know, upgrades and everything. So right. And cool. it, the thing is, is, you know, Ed, you know as well as I do, mm -hmm. you know, from the maintenance standpoint and stuff like that, the, the area that we play in, you know, the, the area where we're trying to get John into, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, we're, we're talking about taking these 3D printers and adding linear rail. You know, we're already talking about using stepper motors. However, if we, get a stepper, if we go to a stepper motor plus linear rail, we've gone now to an OT environment. We've left 
-hmm. just the basic environment. We're now moved over to an OT environment. So the thing is, is what's actually stopping somebody from replacing the current control board, control the current motherboard that's on there right now, and replacing it with a PLC of some sort, and running a 3D printer off of a PLC, and then all it has to do is have a backhaul on it to send the STL via telegram or uh, some sort of TCPIP communication mm -hmm. back to the um, uh, to the machine. The, yeah. the, the only, there's no, it's not an issue because it can be done. Yeah. But then you have to look at viability for, is it something that's necessary because basically a PLC has a microcontroller also. Right. It's, it's running the same thing as, it's, it's similar to what you're doing with a nano. Right. Um, so if I had a farm, mm -hmm. then it makes sense for me yeah. to maybe use that in a farm environment, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Here, let, let's imagine this. But the thing is, is now, I, I think I know where you're going with this. And, you know, see if I'm going down, see if I'm, I'm falling down the right track here. Because the thing is, like you said, if we had a farm of these things, we'd have an HMI, and then we'd have it pointing to each one of the PLCs on the shop floor, or which on the one? farm well, itself. Each, like each of your 3D right. printers would be at this HMI. Or you'd set up a, a localized or, HMI, yeah. you know, yeah. like a cell, yeah. you know, and then it's cool. If I know this printer is only going to print X, this printer is only going to execute Y, I would send that command from that HMI and say, okay, cool, execute X. Yeah, or from your phone. Yeah, or from your phone if you do. If the it, HMI could be your phone. Right. Yeah. Like we talked about that, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, and then actually in the history, in the uh, history 4.0 um, uh, um, snack that we did, and also the digitization that we did, because you know we're taking things that, that we've done in the past and roll them out to something that's now a little bit more mechanical. Mm -hmm. However, we're trying to take something that is a 1980s, um, early 90s design, and trying to bring it into the new age. You already got people who are using their machines to Utilimaker, actually, to read the filament that you put inside the machine and automatically auto-calculate your prints. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. that's the thing I was... Here's the thing I was saying when I say imagine. So I'll address what you said first, and then I'll, I'll explain what I mean by mm -hmm. imagine. So what I mean is is you're doing batch processing. Mm -hmm. So basically, in a, say if I'm in a paint department, I batch process in a mix room. And this, uh, I have auto auto control valves that are open and closed based on which color. Only the color I need cut off every color. So say if I had uh, a print farm that had multiple uh, hot ends and multiple extruders, and I wanted to run multiple filaments because I wanted to do maybe some different things with the print, like uh, uh, multicolor, you know, multi-textured, wh whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, then you can do this by saying, hey, disable this one, only this one can run. So you could do that. So it's, you, th that's the nice thing with using a PLC because it's yeah. good for batch control. Yeah. And I don't have to have a big, uh, I don't have to put a bunch of Raspberry Pis together. I don't have to do a whole bunch of things with like bringing multiple PCs and servers and so forth. I can do all that with one one PLC and one server. Yeah. Or one PLC and the, and the cloud. But here's the thing I, I would like to challenge everybody on is to think about if I was able to take all of the data from all of the printers, because Industry 4.0 is not about connecting everything to everything. It's about data. Mm 
Yeah. Exactly. Data is the thing that's the power. Data is the new one. What if I'm able to take all of the data from every STL file that I got from somewhere else and was able to get all that data populated to the cloud? And from the cloud, I could say, hey, well, everybody had this problem with this STL file. Well, there's something wrong with the supports. Mm -hmm. This could be identified quicker. I don't have to spend hours because I don't know if yeah. you've ever done a print for 24 hours and you're like, oh my God, yep. everything's perfect, but. Yeah, I've got some that's been six hours, and I was like, I gotta pull the plug, I gotta stop it, and it's happened several times. So, um, it's that's few it's, prints I did on mine, huh? yeah, it's definitely, and it's like half the spool. And I'm like, oh, great, I don't waste my whole spool now. That's my resource, I don't have a way to recycle or reuse. Um, I kind of want to take, I kind of want to take another jump, unless, unless you had something to no, add. I, I, when I think industry 4.0 and, and 3D printing, this is something that I've been kind of playing around with for a while and it's automation is is you, you talk about the plc and it kind of like you talk about it controlling these things we're talking about sending the files saving the data controlling the data using it to kind of make an educated decision on on what i should replace when i should replace to maintain you know as much uptime as possible but i'm think i've been thinking and trying to work towards how to automate this process for um not even just the um, like the IT side, like the OT, the actual like physical, um, like how if I'm away from my, my print farm and a print finishes, what am I to do to make sure the next one comes through? Now, there's a couple schools of thought. Um, there's a, w a way that you can adjust the G-code so that you can use your hot end mm -hmm. to knock your print off the as bed. As a plow. As a plow. Could possibly damage it. It's an option. Honestly, people do it all the time. Um there's uh there's a printer that's probably worth what twelve hundred dollars you're talking about the, the, the continuous mat it's got like a like a tread like a kind of like a like was it like a treadmill i think yeah. about like it just continues thirteen hundred dollars yeah yeah but but it's it allows it's you cool as anything though i'll tell you that but you plug that in and you, you connect those things we've been talking about and you give this the ability to continuously print not only do you create an aut autonomous environment that you don't have to be there the whole time you can create a maintenance window of where you can be like okay this is the time that i can do that and you could more accurately predict those maintenance windows with you know, all that information that you're gathering with sensor, the, the if you put any sensors or anything like that with it. Or we could print a 3D robotic arm and a robotic arm can pull the things off the... Yeah. Okay, so that's actually... I'm closer to that than anything else. <laughs> just just because building a robot arm is cool in and of itself. Like if the robot arm just dances or waves, I will <laughs> measure it as a success. Before. Yeah, just have it. Like I, I, I built... A cuckoo robot in my in my like uh, living room, and it's just like all it is is opening the fridge, gets me a beer, puts the fr closes the fridge. That'd be cool. That'd be now, useful. That would be something that somebody would probably buy immediately. This, <laughs> this a 3D printer is as close to building a robot from a standard point of view. Yeah, it's the same concept. Instead of using stepper motors, you use you're using servos. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. Now there's a fantastic model out there. So if you ever see the Thor on Thingiverse. That's what I'm going to try to make. Yeah, there's a bunch of them out there. Yeah, and, and it remove the print bed and place a new print bed. I don't got to worry about damaging my print by using a plow. You set it over here, there's a cooling rack, and, and it'll honestly, if you're using PEI spring steel, it'll, when it cools, it'll pop right off. 
If you try to remove it before it, it cools, you will bend it, bow it, you'll do more damage than anything else. So Especially if you're using non-adjustable beds. Yes. If you're just using a solid bow, you pick one up and as a magnet, you set it back down, it locks into place, you're done. Yeah. Yep. Re-level, off you go. Yeah, because that it doesn't change. And especially even more so if you're using Core XY. Because now it's not moving in the Y or yeah, in the Y direction, like back and forth. And it's easier for that robot arm to predict where that bed's going to be at. So. Yeah, that or you put, um, um, you know, uh, vision on it. Oh, yeah, you put some, yeah. Computer vision. You put actually, computer vision on it, computer vision will take care of the rest. Yeah. Now we're talking like we're in the year 3000, but yes. Well, we, I, the thing is, is we, use, we, use com- we use computer vision now. Yeah. yeah. So, so computer, like, computer vision is not new. Well, yeah. And it hasn't been new for a while. Yeah. Like. Like he's talking about, they use pick and place robots, and it's Kuka has one, Fanning has one, ABB has one, and basically they're pick and placing uh, on a. They're making. Uh, they're they making Hershey and kick the they get the Hershey, her, her Hershey's, Hershey's and also baking like cakes and uh, these little cakes you put in the package, and the robot just pick them up, pick them up, pick them up, pick same them up. Thing with, with, same, same thing with peels. They yeah, do the same thing. Like that. If you yeah. think about it, you can put computer vision on a three D printer, and it'll actually tell you if you have uh, spooling. If if you have a you know if, oh. if you have netting, so that that's was, computer vision. Was that, that we were looking at that the other day with the yeah. with the spaghetti detector? Spaghetti detector that yeah, is computer is vision. Fantastic, actually. That is yeah. that is yeah. a, a computer vision, um, um, you know, machine vision, I should say, um, you know, way of looking at it. And you can put that on a robot, and that robot can pick exactly what's going on yeah. out of what's going on, yeah. as long as it's programmed to what tiny ML now, right. or there's even other programs to control it outside that box. Yeah, and, well, and you, you know me, I got to go Star Wars. You know that. <laughs> Can't go an episode that it going Star Wars. I'm a Star Trek, so I, yeah, you know. yeah, the real. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, we we buy cartridges to put in 3D excuse in printers, right? Yeah. Why are we not putting intelligence in the spool? To let us know when. Yeah. Why does it? Why does a spool does not have intelligence where it can give feedback? Why do we not make the spool yeah. itself? Intelligent, and you know what? Because then we have to deal with those 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 spools out there that you have to replace, and those things don't work well. You know what? But and you have to replace so, it anyway. When it's no, the ones that clamp on and off as you replace the filament, yeah, you just buy a filament replacement. What? Up, no, clamp on and off. I'm saying you take that same concept there, and you embed electronics into that same concept. Use using wire Wi-Fi, uh, yeah. Wi-Fi, as the Europeans like to say, or Wi-Fi. Uh, basically, you can do all or Bluetooth. We can do all Bluetooth, that Bluetooth yeah. through a sensor yeah, that communicates directly with this. Yeah, and with vision, all that type, the camera can also be wireless. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. And they all communicate. It's a it's a it's a communication via Industry 4.0. Yep. And they all populate data so we know when we use 3D Solid Tech if it's a problem with it, it goes straight to the cloud. Yeah. yeah. And they get that information so that they can respond. Now, to re, to re, to fix the problem or identify when that problem occurred in their plant. Yeah, that would definitely that would help out everybody at that point. And nip the problem in the uh, nip nip the resource problem in the butt, and then also like we 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 talked about it before. And how do you how do you get your quality better? And like we've we've had it on several fronts, but like that is a clear cut way for you not to even have to do as much work to have your quality improve. So yeah. like I to me, it's a no brainer. It should already be getting made, and that's why we were looking at what was the bamboo, mm-hmm. like that one using lidar. That was like that's completely game changing. That's in another my industry four point yeah. mentality. Usually, anything you see right now, everything you see coming out of Germany as far as printer wise and stuff like that is going to have some version of industry four point on it. Mm-hmm. 
because it is a now a manufacturing standard um, coming out of Berlin. Um, and one of those things is like, we looked at it today. I don't know if you, you've seen it. The Kodak printer. Mm-hmm. Um, Kodak, yes, the film company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do make their own filament. And they make their own printer. Yeah, yeah it's about time to get on board. You know, Kodak invented the dang on uh, digital camera. Yeah. Really? And the thing is, is you got HP already involved in that. Um, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So HP, laser jet, literally, mm-hmm. now is a laser jet that can turn a sheet of paper into a, uh, you know, into an object. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, how many times have you guys used a, a, a printer, a consumer printer, and had to say, well, hey, the paper jammed up? It jammed up because of a reason, right? Like dust or something. Yeah. Or you yeah. didn't feed the paper in right. Yeah. And, it, and the repeatability of that printer is astronomical. Yeah, these machines that we're using in the hobbyist industry that we want to put them in commercial and industrial industry should be have repeatability as or even greater, far superior mm-hmm. than just a two dimensional print. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, you know, working in IT, you see the uh, the weirder the weirder when it comes down to printers. Um, the best excuses when it comes down to printers. Um, you know, it's like, you know, the one thing you like to say about printers is, you know, you just can't fix the human error. <laughs> no. Um, and sometimes that includes the the human being who thinks that they can put paper in a printer without unwrapping it first. Um. <laughs> now, you know what I mean? There was a thing on. that existed. It was called the Darn Awards. Yeah. That should be an award for when something in IT happens that we give to that individual. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You know, and y'all, by the way, don't ever think that your uh, monitors are powered via VGA cable. No, don't do that either. Um, I guess my power through the cloud, right? Right, exactly. Get your Wi Fi. We've now figured out a way to make a test look well, not fry somebody, you know? Um, you know, like, cancer is not a thing. Like you get that call, you're like, no, hold on now. You said, what? Yeah. You figured this out? Because we should really talk because I need to patent that and we're going to make some money. <laughs> we, we have had a customers tell us that on multiple occasions that I thought my laptop charged via Wi Fi. <laughs> Which, maybe, that exists somewhere in the 29th century. That and we've also got. Hey, guess what? It doesn't charge off of uh, off of uh, PoE. You know, we've gotten that before. If you got that much power, you want to reverse switch? Call us. Believe me, we're interested. Yeah, uh, curious. Yeah, we're mostly curious. Why is it not on fire? Yeah, but the thing is, it's like you know that leads me back. You know, speaking about PoE and stuff like that, that leads me back to the printers. You know, why in the world? And this is going back to the industry 4.0. Everything should be wirelessly connected or connected. You know, why do we buy printers now? that don't have an RJ45 port on them, where I can actually put them on my network, yeah. and I can get to them from wherever I'm at, and I don't have to worry about running a on-Raspberry Pi Octoprint. Or even Octoprint at that matter, I can build an application that handles it all for me. Yeah, so just nip the middleman out and, right, and exactly. have, the, have the actual... You know, that's that's CPU on there. That's possible yeah. via, like I said, the the Pico. Yeah. Wow. And the reason I say the Pico because the Pico is at a price point less than six bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what that means is, is now I can take the Pico and take a module that's Ethernet capable, or a if I if I want both, if I want RJ forty five capability, mm-hmm. and I also want wireless, I can have both. Like most PCs. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think getting it to be wirelessly connected is is something that's like important. Uh, one thing that I've had issues with with my OctoPrint uh, and my Raspberry Pi is that my the cable, the USB the USB micro or USB C cable is like it's either disconnected or it has a serial quote unquote serial mismatch where I need to restart everything again. Yep. And that's kind of frustrating because mm. you have to do it, and then what if it comes back the next time, it's doing it again. So it's it was fr- it's been frustrating um, with with that, and I would rather it be wireless. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder this. Or just, just RJ forty five connected. So well, if it's RJ forty five connected, that's better. But but having it to connect to the comp- <laughs> the the printer via a USB cable. Those. Well, I wonder this. Yeah, I think get rid of that. You, you've got a C con- We've got that USB C, right? Yeah. Why can we not put a USB C adapter for Ethernet? They have them. But no, I feel like they. I feel like they. That would be getting closer to like a docking getting station. Getting to power over Ethernet, honestly, or a docking station. Yeah, because because like that's that that would be the whole purpose for me. Like we're honestly creating with the Octoprint, creating a docking station for it. Yeah. For, yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah, like, like I said, for me, like I said, and and the, the thing with, I, I like the Octoprint and I like the Pico. In general, but the the Pico started out being like less than fifty bucks, and then all of a sudden it skyrocketed to over a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. it is hard to get. I'm just curious that why don't why are we not leveraging more things like the the uh, the the, the uh, Nano or the Pico itself? Because with that, you can you, the price point is like less than ten bucks. Yeah. Less than ten bucks I can get into it and do any communication I want to do. No. It has every type of communication you want to do built into it already. You can do those things over that. You just have to do the programming with a little bit of whatever language you want to use, C, C plus plus, Python, I mean that, that micro Python. I mean they're using all type of languages now. I mean it's 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 yeah. it's, it's endless what you can do. And with also it. now with the new motherboards that are, you know, gonna be that you can install in these in these 3d printers um mostly from big tree um they have the big ones now the the big size ones and they do have a serial port okay so you can actually get them with a serial port they're a little bigger they won't fit in the ender threes um they'll fit in like the ender five pros and stuff like that and all the other ones um they may fit you might have to do a little you you might might do a lot of modification yeah you might have to build but it will fit um that or you can just offload it at that point um, Which I, I have some ideas about that, you know, about what can fit and can't fit. What if this, uh, what if the electronics lived in a stand just like we use on our PCs when we take our PCs and sit it on top of a stand? Yeah. Yeah. And then even if we made it like a docking station and we built a docking station on the bottom of this printer and the printer docked onto the damn controls. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, yeah, you just plug and play at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That'd work. That'd, that'd definitely be one way of doing it. No, I, I, I think that that makes sense. And honestly, whenever um, getting to a place of, of a quote-unquote farm, um, that I was there needs to be a centralized workstation, so some type of computer so you can slice your files as well, maybe mm-hmm. work on some of them if there's any issues you see. Um, but then that would be something that I would want is that all of them are connecting wirelessly. And it's, it's like if you think about it, you know, and I know we're getting ready to go over our you know 30-minute window here, mm-hmm. but which it happens. Um, you know, we also like the fact that, you know, if you think about it, if you talk about like research and design, you know, with 3D printers and stuff like that, you know, you're doing a little bit of R&D, you know, for the 3D printers, for stuff that's coming online and stuff like that. 
you know, being able to monitor all that from a distance, be able to collect all that data, mm-hmm. that's that's the main reason why we bring this up. You know, so, you know, that's the, the, the best part is, you know, getting your data so you can make adequate decisions and, mm-hmm. you know, build what you want to build, you know, to support the hobby or support the people who are moving forward, you know, outside the hobby generation. Right. You know, um, you know, who knows? Who knows what you may find from us later. But, you know, it's here nor there. We'll figure that out. There's definitely some problems I think we can solve. Yeah. Either solve or create. Um, definitely without, we'll definitely ruffle some feathers. Um, and that's the goal of all of it. security and make a problem. I solved the problem. I got a job. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the thing is, if we ruffle feathers with, you know, with, with, um, uh, you know, with big, uh, big corporate, then sure. Why not? Let's have some fun. You know, yeah. and the thing is, you know, if you, there's people out there, you know, that want to, you know, join in on that, you know, feather ruffling. You know, we're more than happy to talk to you. You know, maybe we can join forces and play around a little bit and, you know, see what we got, have a good conversations and go from there. Maybe get you on, you know, with us talking. You know, I don't care where you are in the world, you know, we can figure something out. And mind you, remember that most, most of us barely have a, the, um, uh, you know, I guess you could say understanding of the native English language. So let's just keep it to that. Oh, I try. <laughs> yeah, I try too. I got I got Southern English down better than I got regular English. So Where's you know, get that Ed, Ed's got Ed's got Alabama and you know down <laughs> pat, so you know, we'll go from there. So uh the the one thing I wanna say is that what made this country great was guys that entrepreneured and did things in a gar- in their garages. And that's how we came up with a lot of the uh, systems we got. You mean mainly that's how HP, Apple, Apple, Apple was Amazon. Uh, yeah. uh, matter of fact, uh, Amazon maybe, napkin. Maybe maybe some of you people are uh, gamers, you know, and play retro games. You know, like uh, there are guys that do retro gaming with garage, you know, gaming. So um, don't be afraid to uh, get out there on your own and, and design things. Uh, don't worry about hey, well. Maybe I'll break something. If you're not breaking anything, then you're not learning. Yeah, you're so trying. That's how, that, the, the whole purpose of what we're doing with Tech at Lunch is we want everybody to be able to learn. And maybe we even want it one day to, for this to be a CEU accredited uh, podcast that you can listen to to make sure that your certs mm-hmm. are still in, or, intact. You know, or or web course based on, you know, uh, you know if we have an academy or something like that. Yeah. You know, anything we can do to bring you in here and, and you know, make y'all, you know, be part of us. Yeah. You know, if y'all listen to us, you know, we definitely appreciate it. I mean, it, 100% appreciate it. Like, 100%. It's not, it's not, it's not easy to continue on without the support, right? Yeah. Like, if you've got no support, the only thing that's keeping us going is, like, the passion that we have. Now, we're going to keep going, but, like, the thing that, that Ed said is, if you're not breaking into something, then you, you're probably not learning something is, is I have so many parts so many parts that are broken but the thing is is that i didn't let them stay broken like it's it's wasted it's wasted space if it's if it stays there and it's not you you can repurpose it is is the the thing i'm going towards so it's if you can't find a way to reduce and reuse then are you really helping with sustainability so you know it's like we turn this into you know lunch and learn for the years you know the good thing is when i hear people say guess what i listen to you you know, we, we got an idea from you. You know, um, the the folks out there and, you know, right now, I mean, you know, we never thought that we'd be in certain parts of the world and, you know, well, here we are. Um, you know, if you're listening to us in other parts of the world, hey, you know, if you're, you know, we, we, you know, thank you. 
you know, in the U.S., well, thank you, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we did some some research and stuff like that on, you know, some stuff that's going on. But, you know, it's here nor there. Um, so, and uh, I will say this. We saw some, we did uh, kind of, you know, some of y'all from, you know, Singapore, we did look up the NTU. You mm-hmm. know, the, the 3D printing capital of Singapore out there. And man, y'all are doing some some the crazy technical things. Technical university man. there. Yeah. Is that that titanium? The titanium three D print hip yeah. replacement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just awesome. You know, that's and the, that's the whole point. Like, right. And you know, I know they do a speaker class and stuff like that. Who knows? You know, maybe one day we can make a trip out there and you know go sit down and just you know have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, and never been to Singapore and. It'd be nice. Don't think I'd turn down a flight, um, even though I would be one paying for it in my own pocket. But, you know, maybe go out there and meet some people, talk about some certain things, you know. Um, so, but, you still know. Still be worth it, yeah. Exactly. Still be fun. So, so, you know, from my side, you know, I want to say thank you. Um, and I'm going to turn over to the guys for the parting words, and uh, we'll see you all later. Uh, like I said, uh, guys, we just appreciate uh, all of the support. And uh, from my side, uh, like I said, uh, I uh, relish the challenge of uh, teaching and uh, helping people to learn because I was self-taught in 90% of the stuff I did as far as when it comes to um, IT, PCs, and OT, dealing with uh, cybersecurity and things like that, and even uh, IOT and IOT and MQTT. So uh, yeah. if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, um, yeah I, I just wanted to kind of touch on the, the ease of uh, getting into this. It sounds, we. I mean, we talk high level a lot of the times we're talking like end game like a lot of um, heavy details that maybe not everyone has any experience in but um, I think uh, every journey starts with a single step so you should just see if you can you know get your hands on a printer or or get around a 3d printer and it's mesmerizing I don't know I've watched campfires before just because it's fire crackling and I have watched prints because it's just it's beautiful how it's 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 moving. So uh, the thing the thing that I would say is is try to get yourself around one um, if you're interested. Um, is find a starting point, um, and then like Ed said, I love I love a challenge. I'm very competitive, so challenge us. Ask us uh, ask us to solve a problem for you. We'll see. We we'll take a crack at it, and try to involve three D printing or some type of uh, IoT. Or, or tech of some sort. Yeah, or tech of some sort. So, yeah. Once again, thanks, guys. Greatly appreciate all the support. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast, where we hope you learned something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.